Well, we finally did it. Today was the day. We have officially been to every Disney theme park in the world. We hit Shanghai Disneyland, and it's a pretty great park. It's incredible. I think it's my highlight park. I'm really glad that we saved this one till last, because today blew my mind. There are so many amazing attractions. It really is the next generation of Disneyland. I mean, when you think about it just on the whole, when you realize that it has no Haunted Mansion, it has no Space Mountain, it has no Jungle Boat Cruise, it doesn't have a lot of the typical e-ticket rides that make up a standard Disneyland park, but it still succeeds with its own identity and, again, the next generation of technology, the next generation of loading guests, and it's a pretty great park. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, there are literally no mountains, no no Matterhorn, no Splash Mountain, so I thought, how can this be my Disneyland that I know and love, but... Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I just can't stop saying wow after today. So we got there just a little bit before the park was going to open at uh, so around 8.30, right before uh, the park opened at 9 o'clock today. And we used the hotel guest entrance because the main entrance looked a little busy. And I'm really glad we did because there was no line. And we got right in even a few minutes before the park opened. Yeah, we both looked at each other after going through the security checkpoint at the Disneytown entrance for hotel guests. And we looked at each other and said, are we in the park? And yes, we were. So we beelined over to Tomorrowland. That seemed to be the closest thing to our entrance. So we uh, zipped right over to Tron Light Cycle Power Run and... What an amazing ride to be your first ride at Shanghai Disneyland at the brand new park. Uh, this thing blew my mind. We're probably my favorite coaster. And even better than that, we were in the front row. So here we are in this brand new coaster. Neither of us have ever ridden before. We've heard fabulous things about I had not watched any YouTube videos about it because I, I like surprises. And we were there in row one and ready to go. So if you like Tron, I think the movies, both movies I've seen, they're both okay, but the visuals are stunning. And this puts you in the world of Tron like no other experience. The the theming on this, the environment, the music, the mood, everything is just incredible. It's dark with vibrant blues and yellows and reds. And the idea is that you are going to be competing with the power cycle, the light cycles rather, and you are going to be racing just like in the world of Tron. And if you've never seen it, the light cycles leave a trail behind them, sort of like playing Snake, the video game, and you can crash into someone's trail they leave behind. And that's kind of the game in the movie Tron anyway. And they incorporate that into the ride seamlessly. Well, and I really like the way that instead of getting in your traditional ride coaster, you are getting on a cycle. You are leaning forward. They lock your legs in, your chest down, and your arms are forward on the handlebars of this roller coaster. So you are truly riding a light cycle. Yeah, if you like motorcycles or you love the world of Tron or just... Or speed. <laughs> yeah, this is the coaster for you. Uh, one thing we did mention, the way you are hunched over, much like you're riding a, a crotch rocket motorcycle, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're wearing a dress or maybe a short mini skirt, 
Uh, you may want to rethink that. Yeah, I did see a couple of girls with skirts on, and I don't know how they navigated that. But I was holding on to dear life with my flip-flops on, that was for sure. It is an amazing attraction. And just like so many people said, it could have been longer. I could have ridden that all day. Oh, gosh. And we literally rode it two times in a row. We got off the ride, and we got right back on. And I could have stayed there for a good hour. And the neat thing is you start inside it shoots you outside so you're racing outside and then you go back inside again so it's it would be an interesting one to maybe we'll try to give it a ride tomorrow in the dark before the park closes tomorrow night i really liked it uh one thing to keep in mind they do have a whole storage locker area for your belongings uh there's two different ones one's free and one's paying um, if you pay, they have like a key with a bracelet. And if it's free, they've got the traditional screen where you punch in the number. We had a little, a couple of challenges. We kept pushing uh, English and it wasn't giving us English. It was a little weird at first. Yeah, we got a cast member to get lend a hand and we were good to go. But if you have something very small, like all you have is a cell phone, they actually have a little storage compartment in the dashboard. But I had a purse, so we didn't... Um, want to make sure that that was brought onto the ride but we locked it up in the coaster or locked it up in the locker and rode that coaster two times i think they give you like two hours free so you could keep riding or i would imagine on a really busy day you probably need all two hours while you're waiting in the queue tron light cycle power run what a rush loved it top coaster i think that one went into my favorite coaster category went into my favorite ride category after that we hoofed it over to adventure isle which, even though it's not officially Adventureland, it is Adventureland. Oh, yeah. It's really well-themed. It was really good topography and visuals and so much going on and the foliage. It's hard to believe this park is like 16 months old based on the foliage. It was stunning. So one thing, they do have fast passes at Shanghai Disneyland, but they do it differently. Rather than just individual kiosks for a specific ride, they have in each land has a general kiosks where you line up in one line for your fast passes. And when you get up to the kiosk, you push the screen and decide which ride you want to fast pass for. So you have choices at the kiosk. It's actually quite handy because, for example, we were trying to decide between the River Rapid ride or Soren, and it was telling when the next available would be and how long the standby time was. So maybe you decide you want to get a fast pass for one and do standby on another. It lets you choose. So that was really quite handy. And at first I was a little taken aback by it, but it ends up being great. And it doesn't just give you a fast pass in your traditional sense that you're used to in the U.S. You get something that comes out that says this is not a fast pass because when you go to the ride to redeem it, you still have to show your park ticket. You scan the QR code and then you show them your fast pass ticket. So boy, they're really double checking everything to make sure that people aren't getting fast passes and handing them off to other people. Everything is cross-referenced. And that needs to be that way. Um, one thing I do want to say, if I do have a complaint about Shanghai Disneyland, it's just there just seems to be a theme park culture where everywhere else, like say, for example, you get in a line and once you're behind the rope in line or in between the railings in line, sort of in the queue, you that's your place in line. And here today... That rule does not exist. Not at all. I mean, I got at the end of line where there was hardly any room between me and the person in front of me, and I had people just slide right in. 
Uh, people are jockeying for your position in line right up until the moment you get on the attraction. It it does get a little annoying. Um, people are cutting in line left and right and using every example, every advantage they can to try to get in front of you. You're always fighting for your position. And that, in my mind, got a little annoying. Yeah, that wasn't as annoying to me just because I, w- I think it's more of a cultural thing. But I kind of use my dad's old adage that elbows out. So we spent many times in queue today where our elbows, our hands were on our hips and our elbows were out. Or maybe we were holding onto the rope next to us or we were holding hands. And if someone tried to go through, well, if they happened to get elbowed, then that was, I guess, their own fault. (laughs) Yeah, it's very much survival of the fittest. Even if you stop for a second to take a picture, someone will try to jockey in front of you. I mean, literally a moment. It It's... You're always fighting for that position in line. And that does, to me, get a little tiresome. I know it's a cultural thing. I find it disrespectful, but that's just the way it is. But all in all, I kind of put that aside because everything else about this park is phenomenal. So after we got through the fast pass line, we got a fast pass for soaring over the horizon. So it's the next generation, the latest in the soaring franchise for Disney. And I know that this is one of your favorite franchises. What did you think? Loved it, loved it, loved it. That's a ride that you could stick me on it for the an hour and come back and get me. I was so impressed with the, I mean, the quality of the video is amazing. And then they've even stepped up. They've done some different kind of sensory things. The elephants were running through the dirt in Africa, and they had you smelling dirt. I recall the traditional soaring, the original where you'd have the outdoors or the oranges, but this one they've brought it to the next level, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's just as elegant as any other soaring but they put in some new locations and all the locations are gorgeous. Yeah, and it just gives you an itch to go travel because I'm like, I need to go there. I need to go there. I've been there. And you get really, really excited. And of course, it ends in Shanghai. Spoiler alert. So after we went there, we went to Treasure Cove, which is sort of a pirate-themed area. And that's where we found Pirates of the Caribbean battle for the sunken treasure. But before we did that, we got a quick uh, little bite of food, got some early lunch, which is a good idea. We ate right around 10.30 at Barbosa's Bounty. And I loved the theming of this pirate-themed restaurant. Well, what we didn't realize is we went in and ordered our lunch and went to sit down and we were inside the attraction. It was kind of like we were eating at Blue Bayou, but again, it was pirate-themed, so we were watching the beginning of the whole pirate ride, and that got us really excited. And as we're sitting there eating lunch, here comes Jack Sparrow for photo opportunities. They've done a really great job with the characters here. A lot of interaction, but uh, and it's not expensive like Blue Bayou, which is regular restaurant prices. Yeah, it was a full barbecue. I think you had ribs, I had chicken. You get what they call the the set meal or the combo meal, and it was quite affordable. Had a great lunch, and we both did giggle at the end because what we thought was a wet night, a wet nap to wipe your hands was actually plastic gloves. So apparently, the Chinese don't want to eat their ribs and chicken by hand, and instead they wear clear plastic clear plastic gloves so yeah if they hand that to you that's not a wet nap and that's probably not a bad idea because it was a little sticky by the way you use the restrooms in um barbosa's bounty and yeah lots of squatty potties really glad they had one traditional western style that was most useful but 
couldn't figure out why there were steps up to the ladies' room, and now I know. So one difference between Carrie and I is that I sometimes watch the ride videos on YouTube, and Carrie doesn't like to uh, know ahead of time. Uh, and I've watched a little bit of this when I've tried to be good and be a little bit better about that and be surprised. But So I knew a couple of things with Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure, but what did you think not knowing anything going into it? My mouth was open probably half the ride because it blew my mind. I was just, I could not even fathom what I was seeing. It was so unexpected. I just thought I was going on the regular, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean that I'm so accustomed to. Maybe a couple extra bells and whistles, maybe an extra screen. But this was incredible. This probably goes up there with my very, one of my very, very favorite dark rides of all time. It is so well done. They spent a lot of money on this ride, obviously. The, auto, the audio animatronics are next generation. They move like people. Uh, the use of screens, I thought, was great. The sets are humongous. And sometimes we do complain about the use of screens, but I thought, for the most part in this ride, they really add to the effects. And sometimes you feel like you're moving, going up and down, just based on the the movement of the screens. Well, yeah, there are a couple of scenes where it felt like you were falling and sinking into the water because they had the screen so well done. It was well, well worth it. it. Had a really short wait time, and I cannot wait to ride that one tomorrow a couple more times because I'm sure there's so much more to see because I couldn't even focus on everything that was around me because it was also interesting. Yeah, just an incredible ride. Um, it's really hard to compare it to more traditional Pirates of the Caribbean attractions because it's it's a completely different story. It's based 100% on the movie, so it's really not a fair comparison, I don't think. But as a standalone attraction, it's one of the best in the world, no question. Oh, must do. And I'm not a huge fan of the movies. I think I've seen the first two. Got a little bit bored after that. But I think the, the attraction is over the top, and I can't get over the height of this ride and this building. It'd be interesting to see the behind the scenes on this one because it's really, really tall. You just keep looking up and up and up. And I would guess it's probably six stories tall in some places. So we went over to Fantasyland and we went to the, uh, the new boat ride, the Voyage of the Crystal Grotto, which is sort of a next generation of the canal boats, the storybook canal boats at Disneyland. Much bigger, much more involved. The set's are bigger and I, I it's a charming ride i mean it's not the most uh, articulated uh, characters there are a lot of statues that move around but the scenes are delightful the music's wonderful and it's it's very well done for what it is yeah the ride vehicles are reminiscent of the jungle cruise that's how i felt that they were like the next generation of that i loved all the music i'm always a sucker for any of those kind of things the, the storybook anything and i really enjoyed it plus each one tend to have kind of a water feature to it and had a nice spin on everything loved it so as amazing as all of these attractions are, there's always got to be some bad with, with the excellent. And it's really been excellent. But I guess if there was a low point, it was the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is almost exactly like the ride in Anaheim and exactly like the one particularly in Orlando. I think it really is pretty much like that. It's flat cardboard style characters, nothing really that exciting at all. 
Yeah, I'm glad that we ended up with a fast pass for that. We had an anytime fast pass because the ride had actually broken down earlier in the day. You know, I'm not a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. Plus, we just did the one in Tokyo, and that's the better of all of the Winnie the Pooh rides. So our bars set pretty high. But again, we were using a fast pass. We were dodging a couple raindrops. It was a way to get out of the rain. Yeah, not really worth a lot of time. If you can get on it quickly, great. If not, don't worry about it. They also have, instead of the teacups, they have two Winnie the Pooh rides. They have the honeypot spin, which looks just like the teacups. Instead, you're in honeypots, and it's Winnie the Pooh themed. I thought it was very cute. Oh, it's really cute. I'm not a big fan of the rides that spin me around, so I enjoyed taking pictures instead of riding that one. So the icon of the entire uh, resort and the park uh, is in Fantasyland, the castle. And rather than have it being Sleeping Beauty's castle or Cinderella's castle, it basically belongs to all of the Disney princesses, and it's called the Enchanted Storybook Castle, and it is breathtaking. I can't stop staring at it, and I couldn't stop taking pictures of it because... Every angle is different. There's so much depth and definition to this castle that I just kind of stood there wide-eyed and just kind of kept circling it. And it's beautiful. Whether it's first thing in the morning or late at night, it's always something different to look at. Big fan. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And we ate at the uh, the Royal Banquet Hall. And what an experience that was. Yeah, that was a big surprise. We'd made a reservation for it thinking that it was going to be similar to Cinderella's Royal Table at Walt Disney World, which we've done in the past. You come in to the castle, do your character photo. We got our picture taken with Sleeping Beauty, and we went upstairs for dinner. We figured, okay, now we're going to have just a plate, uh, set menu dinner. Well, we sit down, and characters are coming around. You get Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Daisy, and they're all de- dressed in the royal um attire while you're dining and you get so many opportunities for photos it was so worth it and really good food too yeah you have a choice of an appetizer choice of an entree and then choice of a dessert and uh, i loved it it was adorable i love the uh, the white chocolate uh, slipper <laughs> yeah you did enjoy the white chocolate slipper well and it's also fun because a lot of times you do character dining it's kind of a one and done you'd get your photo and they leave Every time that I turned around, there was a different character. I think you got two or three selfies with different characters. They would just stop by and say hello, even though we'd already done our more traditional photo shoot with them. They'd come by and Daisy would give you a kiss on the cheek and keep on walking. It was so fun and so interactive. And again, a tribute to all the princesses throughout. And then they did some sort of choreographed dance there that everybody seemed to know the moves to obviously in Chinese but it was really really neat liked it so much better than Cinderella's royal table yeah if you get an opportunity to do that absolutely the royal banquet hall is probably the best place to eat in the entire Shanghai Disney Resort that's a that's a must do as they say so just outside the castle is the Alice in Wonderland maze and it's a hedge maze and it's got some elements from Alice in Wonderland and I expected it to be like the uh, the original classic cartoon the animated movie but no it's based on the most recent Alice in Wonderland from Tim Burton yeah and it was really interesting I mean I've seen the movie and it's not my favorite but they did such a good description of it 
and a depiction of the movie that it made me actually kind of maybe want to watch the movie again. And each scene was so different. The Queen of Hearts section was incredible. I mean, and of course, everything in China, you know, the color is red. That's your good energy. So they really did an extended version on that with the red and the hearts and the real tribute to Chinese culture. Yeah, vibrant red and vibrant hearts. And they had uh, funhouse mirrors with the heart-shaped frames, and right in the center is this huge head that looked like the Queen of Hearts or Helena Bonham Carter that everyone's getting pictures of, but it's it's incredible with the hedge maze and different uh, hearts and the, the giant head in the middle. It's definitely something to see. And then after that, you could walk through the maze, you can do a short trip or a long trip through the maze, and you end up at Alice's Tea Party and the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. And there's a huge table with all kinds of cakes and teas and all these elements of the tea party and their chairs. You can get your picture taken there. And then there's also these poles with different hats, uh, Mad Hatter hats. And you can stand underneath the hat and get a picture wearing the hat. Yes, and you jokingly, of course, had to tell me I finally found a hat that would fit my head. Thank you very much. But the colors on the table were so vibrant as if you were really at the tea party. It was probably my favorite part of the whole entire attraction. Now, it does get very busy, and there's a lot of people jockeying for pictures. <laughs> so have some patience there. But keep in mind, it can get a little crowded, particularly at the spots where you want to take pictures. Now, there was one of attraction that kind of surprised me that inside the castle, it's called the Once Upon a Time Adventure, and you go up the castle stairway, and uh, you walk through this, what they call a magic portal, and it these uh, dioramas, these digital dioramas, these active dioramas, with uh, music and characters and their screens, but they have this dimension and they're so well rendered that you can't really even tell that they're screens. But through each scene, they tell the story of Snow White through music and dialogue and song and these, and these screens. And it's, I thought that was just amazing. It was so much fun because it's all in Chinese. I was enjoying listening to Whistle While You Work while it was in Chinese. But it just goes on and on. It's a, quite a long, extensive walkthrough. And we've done the ones in Paris and we've done at Disneyland. But this was unlike anything else I'd ever seen. And it was amazing. Highly recommend that as well. But again, it's one of these doorways. You don't even almost realize it's there. And it you'd miss it if you weren't looking for it. Yeah, it's really charming. Different scenes that they have that they show and special effects that they've used. I mean, the Imagineering and so much of Shanghai Disneyland is just next generation and it's over the top and it's incredible. It's going to be exciting to see what they do with future attractions here and, and around the world in all of the Disney parks. So one of the things we did when we were at dinner at the Royal Banquet Hall is someone came by and asked if we wanted to upgrade to the VIP package. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing. I'd seen a sign for it earlier and hadn't paid much attention to it. And so when they came and they mentioned to us, and I think it was 200 yuan, it was about the equivalent of about $30 per person that you would get your choice of either 
a Mickey popcorn bucket, a mini popcorn bucket, or Rapunzel's golden chalice. And each person would get one of these added items. Plus, you got VIP access during the evening light show. Well, I'm always for any sort of VIP access. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, what the heck? Let's see how this is going to be. Because we missed the fireworks twice in Tokyo because they were both canceled. So we didn't want to miss our opportunity while we were here at Shanghai. So they uh, tell you to come back to the Royal Hall at a set time. And they, they keep you in a waiting room until the show is about to start. And they give you a sticker to, to mark to make sure you're still with the group. And then they hold up a sign and they walk you down to this special area right in front of the castle, front and center. And um, it is so nice because the area was so crowded and I can imagine there was a lot of pushing and shoving and cutting. I mean, people even tried to cut into our group. That's the way yeah, it is there. they did a good job keeping them like very much a head count. And it is capacity controlled. So I would say at the most there were maybe 40 people, 50 at the most. It was hard to tell, but we were in the first group to get there. And so we were full on front and center for the show. Couldn't have been a better spot for us. So happy we did it. It is so worth the money. So be sure if you want to see the nighttime spectacular that you 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 ask for the extra package. If you could if you can uh, swing the money, you must do it. Yeah, I mean you're getting a, a great dinner and priority access. And the nice thing was it had actually started to rain, and so we were able to be in the waiting area until the very last minute. And by the time the show started, it had stopped raining. So it wasn't like we were going to be having to get out there an hour prior to queue up to get a spot out in the rain. We were nice and dry. And then the show started and it was a 20 minute extravaganza. I thought I was going to cry. It was so good. They cover so many Disney movies and Disney moments. I mean, they, it starts out, it's a story of Mickey and he's working his way through the castle. And you see everything from... The Lion King to The Little Mermaid to Star Wars, of course, Mulan. Frozen. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on, and it's all a big using the castle as a screen. And because it's such a large castle, the detail's incredible. I just couldn't even get over it. Yeah, and they have fountains in front, so the water is incorporated. There's a, there's a few fireworks and splashes, but it's not really a fireworks show. No, it's it's a light show because one of the things we did ask them when we were thinking about doing it is, well, is it going to get canceled? Because it doesn't take much to get a fireworks show canceled. And she said, unless it's raining really, really hard, we never cancel this show. And it all makes sense now because it's truly a light show. I loved it. The music is spectacular. We had great positioning as far as where we were. I think we've got some great video, so be sure to look for that on our Facebook page at The Best Trip Ever. You can see the entire show. Yeah, I was able to record, I think, 99% of it and as steady as I could be. So make sure that you do look at our Facebook page because I uploaded it already. So it's there right now, but I think for a day one, I think this is an amazing park. Oh, I love it. I just cannot wait for tomorrow. And like I said, I am so glad that Shanghai was our last, par our last park on this big world tour. Yeah, I really love it. And I think you will love it too if you want to come here and have a great time. It's, it's absolutely worth the trip. 
hop on an airplane and you could be here in 12 hours and it'd be just a great, great time. We actually said that we kind of wish that we would have done three days here because there's so much to see and do and you can keep a nice pace and go back and do more and more. So we're going to be up and out first thing in the morning to get our full last day of Disney in. Absolutely. So be sure to uh, check out our Facebook page at The Best Trip Ever to see the video. Please share this podcast and also please share our content on Twitter. You can find us at The Best Trip Ever. We'll have some more thoughts on Shanghai Disneyland tomorrow. And the day after that, we're heading into Shanghai proper. And because our last name is Valley, we're going to the theme park called Happy Valley. I'm sure we will be the only Americans there. It should be another adventure. So until then, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Share the podcast. We'd love you to do that. If you like any of the content, please like, comment, and share. So we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And I think so far, Shanghai Disneyland has been the best trip ever.